Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 Friday edition is here on the eve of Super Bowl 56 game week. We welcome you to Nashville, 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, a jam-packed show. Guys, good afternoon. We made it. It's we Friday. Made it. We, made uh, it. we will be in Los Angeles all of next week uh, for our show. We are pumped up about that um, to have a full week out on Super Bowl Radio Row in L.A., getting ready for Super Bowl 56. Excited about that one. Excited about today's show. Uh, this is... I dare say, one of the more eclectic show lineups we've ever featured on OutKick 360. Well, I think that's automatically going to be the case when you have somebody's mom. Yes. (laughs) We have uh, Julie Taylor, mother of Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach. She will be with us in 20 minutes. Looking forward to this. Um, So for those familiar with us and our show, we are great friends a former Cardinals head coach and former Titans assistant coach, Dave McGinnis. He's currently with Titans Radio and the network. And who does Coach Mack know? He knows everyone. I was having dinner with him earlier this week, and I was like, hey, you know, who should I be on the lookout for? Or, you know, chatting with people on, on Radio Row next week. And he goes, hang on a second, because I've got the guest. And he calls up Zach Taylor's mom, Julie. And they have a good conversation over dinner. And at the end... I can see Coach Mack doing this as you explain it, too. And Pulling the phone like, out. Hold, hang, hold on hang a second. On a second. Hold yeah, on a second. And he dials the number. And then he, um, at the end of the conversation, he's like, oh, by the way, Hutton's going to get in touch with you to have you on the show. We're going to tell some stories. And so she's on. She's on today at uh, 220. Really looking forward to it. A, a great family and uh, a great background story on Zach Taylor, who Paul met at the... Was it the NFL owners' meetings? NFL owners' meetings. Uh, this is what it would have been April. It was three early years ago. April, he just the got year the after job. he was hired. Yeah, nobody's paying any attention to him. So I was with my buddy Matt Mayoko, uh, who covers the 49ers, and we were just kind of walking around. This is my first time at an owners' meeting, and they have a lavish, great party in the courtyard. This was the Arizona Biltmore, I believe, uh, Phoenix Biltmore. And you're walking around. They've got, you know, shrimp cocktail station and the beer station over there and a dessert station. It's, it's terrific. And everybody's letting their hair down. I approached Robert Kraft to talk to him about Columbia. I approached the, the Wilfs to thank them for their involvement with uh, Nashville SC. Brief conversations, of course. But I was looking for Matt LaFleur because it was also the year that he was hired, I think, right? And I, I yep. wanted to just, you know, uh, thank him and wish him uh, good luck. And so I found him, and Matt and I found him, and we were talking with him shortly, and he just kind of casually said, this is Zach. And so uh, Matt and I talked for the length of a beer with Matt Mayoko, and I talked for the length of a beer with Matt LaFleur and with Zach Taylor. 
I didn't think anything of it. I, I think maybe at the end, uh, Mayoko said, who was that? And I, <laughs> and I said, Zach Taylor knew the, new Bengals coach. the Bengals. That's an NFL and, head coach, one of 32. And so then when the next combine came around, he still, I mean, they, they had a terrible year. The, and we the were, first two could, years were really bad. Who, who could we get? And I called up the PR director of the Bengals, and I said, hey, could you ask Zach Taylor, tell him we had a beer together at the owner's meeting with LaFleur. Maybe he remembers me, and would he be willing to sit down with us at the combine? And he did, and that's where uh, I got his phone number, which I lost. This, uh, this story reminds me, Hutton, of the time we got Will Forte on our old show <laughs> because no one was talking to him. He was hanging out with uh, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, and a huge... Well, it was Will Forte, and then it was the guy... Um, uh, Alan Covert. Al- Alan Covert from We Grandma's got both Boy. of them on because they were in the entourage yeah. of uh, Adam Sandler. Sandler. So Sandler's going place to place. I think Chris Rock was in that entourage, too. And David Spade. I feel like they were all promoting one of the Grown Ups movies. Yes. And then Will Forte, who wasn't in the movie, just happened <laughs> to be tagging along with him in Phoenix... And Hutton and I walk up to him like, hey, man, we loved you on SNL. L- love your movies. Love your shows. We love Gruber. And he's just like, sure. I don't know, I don't know where, where you, are you guys. And he just walked over with us and did 30 minutes with me. I don't know where you guys come down on this. Like, I, I can make functional small talk, in a, a, particularly in a group of four. But I also don't want to overdo it. You know, so like the time it takes to drink a beer felt good to me. And I'm probably the one that like made an effort to let them go because I don't want them to feel like obligated to, to hang around, to hang around or like they have to, I don't want to put them in a position where they have to shake me. So I want to release before they feel obligated to release. Now I know other reporters that would talk to them all day long until they had to shake you free. I don't ever want to be the guy a coach is thinking like, Oh, how the hell do I lose this guy? I, I'm always the one that uh, I'm very good at, Exit. Getting in and out. Like, knowing, all right, well, hey, great talking to you. You know, we're going to head over here now. Thank, thanks a lot. I'm probably, at yeah, times, are good at too that. quick. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> be too quick to get in and out. Rather yeah. be too quick than too slow. I'm not a lingering type when in a conversation like that with small talk. Bobby Carpenter will be with us uh, for his weekly visit uh, from Outkick.com. Looking forward to chatting with Bobby today. That will be at 320 Central, 420 Eastern. Uh, later in today's show, former Rams defensive line coach, uh, long-time defensive line coach uh, for the Raiders and, and many other teams. Mike Waffle is on the show to tell us the story of the demand from him while he's giving the tour of the facility and getting to know what, what would be uh, their first-round draft pick, Aaron Donald, uh, telling the story of demanding that he get Aaron Donald in his defensive line room with the Rams. So that's coming up in the final hour of today's show. Austin Price of AllQuest.com as well with some news from Knoxville on the Tennessee Vols. News in Jacksonville, they have a coach. And guys, I think it actually ended up working in their favor here with Doug Peterson. After all the back and forth with Trent Baalke and you know, was, was Leftwich going to end up getting that job? Was he going to work with Trent Baalke? He, he, he removed his name from consideration yesterday. And that was the day when... Peterson was going in for uh, his second interview with Jacksonville. He ends up getting the job. uh, And now Peterson, who's known for quarterback development, and while he was fired with Philly, also won a Super Bowl with Philly with a backup in Nick Foles, he now gets to coach Trevor Lawrence. Of the scenarios out there towards the end of this coaching search, on paper, this looks like the best scenario for Trevor Lawrence. I, I think it's good for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how good it is for Doug Peterson. 
because the reports that never really blew up enough for, for me when Peterson was out in Philadelphia was about how micromanaged he was by Howie Roseman and I think it was Jeffrey Lurie who, who basically had him in every Tuesday and made him account for every decision he made during the course of the game. Like, put him on the grill. And, and like, on Tuesday, which is move forward day and get to the next game, they made him a test for every single thing he did. Now, I'm not saying the bulky thing is going to be similar, but, again, it's a, uh, a nuisance of a uh, co-management situation that's a pain in the butt. And it's too bad for Doug Peterson that he can't just have a job. He, he has coached Michael Vick. He's coached Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith. Played quarterback in the league. Right. This is Jacksonville just backing their way into the best possible hire. It feels like that. This is a home run hire to me. I've said from the beginning, I don't understand why everyone isn't calling Doug Peterson. If you're going to go the retread route, go hire the guy who won a Super Bowl for the only time ever for the Eagles with a backup quarterback who wasn't getting a lot of play with some of these jobs. A great job by Jacksonville. And from everything that I can gather about Doug Peterson, complete departure from the personality of Urban Meyer. But right, there's uh, accounts of him uh, just gladly serving ice cream to his team after meetings and uh, you know yucking it up with players and not being this dictator that comes in and listening to players and, and what they want. Some might say, well, he's not running a daycare. He's running an NFL team. But I think that approach Relatable. is going to work yeah. with this Jacksonville group that just had Urban Meyer as their head coach. And it's certainly going to work with Trevor Lawrence. I would think. Advisor gets more dangerous in the Florida sun. That would be my one piece of advice. Consider moving from a, a Philadelphia advisor to a Jacksonville hat. Those well, Gators, Gators slash Jags fans will immediately embrace the visor. Bringing back shades of uh, of Steve Spurrier. He um, he inherits a decent young roster. I mean, they've got talent. They have last year's number one pick. He inherits a situation similar to what Urban Meyer walked into, except he has Trevor Lawrence already. He still has the number one overall pick. It was the same deal for Urban Meyer. DJ Chark coming back. Yeah, um, and a couple of other guys too. They uh, they ETN, need an influx. ETN should be back. Yeah, healthy. two guys, two key guys on offense coming back. They need they an have injection number- of speed. Well, they have the number one pick to help out defensively on, with that. Or deal. Or deal, but, I mean, they could have the premier pass rusher. You pick first, second, third, fourth, top five, top ten long enough, you're <laughs> eventually going to be good. I mean, you could have anyone running your organization. Eventually, you're going to hit because you've drafted so many guys at the top of the draft consistently. To me, that's Jacksonville. At some point, they're going to be a factor just Sheerly because they, they've drafted high for so I don't long. No, they've been picking high for a long time. I mean, it's got to happen for them at some point. But they, they, I mean, he still inherits a mess there. Yeah, yeah, but it does seem like the bulky thing gives me pause. But of the head coaching candidates to bring in, this seems like the closest to a sure thing in terms of stability they could have hired. Right? Yeah. I can't think of anyone else that would have been as stable. As as, a, as stabilizing a force as Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl, well, who's and who seemingly gets resume. along with Harbaugh. everyone. Harbaugh is the only guy with a, uh, as good a resume. His win loss records better, forty four yeah. nineteen. Went to a Super Bowl, didn't win it. You know, if they're looking Comparable. for a stabilizing, co- I mean, Jim Caldwell comes. Yeah, to mind Jim too. Caldwell with the same but, thing. But both those guys, I'm saying, unlike Harbaugh, they don't have a reputation of not getting along with people. Right. That would be the big 
thing. You're right. going from Urban Meyer to Harbaugh, who, yes, he's won everywhere he's been, but there's also this reputation of he's difficult, he's odd to deal with at times. You don't hear any of that with Doug Peterson. So now the Dolphins, Saints, and Texans are the three jobs that remain open as we begin the show on this Friday. I don't know who the Saints leader is. I, I, you know, I still wouldn't be surprised if Dennis Allen wound up with that job. McCown's going to get the, the Texans job unless something crazy like happens. It. And the Dolphins sounds like McDonald, right? Well, the factor now with the Saints being reported is Eric Bieniemy, uh, who has not been late, talked about with any jobs, and suddenly he's emerging and interviewing with the Saints and according to one report is maybe the leader for the Saints right now so maybe this is finally his opportunity after interviewing a bunch for different NFL jobs that he could land in New Orleans I think there was a broad perception tell me if I'm wrong that like <clears throat> it was going to be Dennis Allen or who was the 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 name that was mentioned immediately um defensive backs coach from from one of the uh, NFC oh, North one of their teams, former, maybe. One of their former Aaron players. Aaron Glenn. Yeah. <clears throat> that was going to be one of those two guys and happened pretty quick after Sean Payton. And they've gone deep. They've interviewed eight, nine, ten guys, it seems like, and they're taking their, their time. So this is not just a, uh, a quick change on the heels of Sean Payton. This is going to be a thorough deal. So uh, earlier this season, we praised Mike Tomlin for having the, if you're going to deny you're interested in a college job, Tomlin did it and, and was definitive about it. Like, if he would have taken the USC job after denying the way he did that he was even interested in it, like, n never speak of this again. I never say no, but no. Um, the Giants and their lengthy statement about Brian Flores yesterday, to me, is the equivalent of Mike Tomlin at the podium saying that he's not taking the USC job. Yeah, As detailed and good. thorough as you can be from an organization that was a lot more thorough than what Flores put out there uh, through his attorneys and the timeline of the interview. They went, you know, throughout the entire process, everybody he spoke with, who greeted him at the, the entrance, who did what throughout the entire day, lunch was planned, everything. Uh, and when you read through that and then compare it to the timeline that Flores put out there where they make it, you know, it's, it, if you read Flores' timeline, it comes across from their attorney like, you know, it was in and out, right? Real quick, and decision was made. It's Brian Dayball. We're, we're done with this. It wasn't that way at all, based on the also, itinerary. Also very, uh, I mean, this is obvious, but important to stress, given how powerful Bill Belichick is in league circles, made it perfectly clear. Bill Belichick doesn't work for us, doesn't have any power for us, doesn't have any say-so with us. What he says to Brian Flores has no weight here. Right. And Brian Flores, I'm sure, knew this going into it when he made these claims and filed this suit. It's been a tough look for him uh, until he provides some receipts. Yeah, it's going to get attacked. On that. I mean, it's just going to continue to be strong response after strong response from the accused. Uh, the, the Elway Broncos response, yeah. I mean, laid it out perfectly. If I appeared disheveled, it's because we flew overnight to get to Providence and arrived in the morning, detailed the three-and-a-half-hour discussion, that he was there the whole time, engaged. I mean... When you start making claims like this, they were clearly drunk when they showed up. There's no way to prove that. And when you get a response like that from the Broncos, it's perfectly believable, the response from John Elway and the Broncos. So I know we talked about it a lot yesterday with this, but until there is some sort of email, letter, recording, 
text message that details a $100,000 bribe uh, from Stephen Ross, it's going to be more of this. Strong Ad- response. Advantage response After strong response. That's why I was surprised at the strength of the Stephen Ross response yesterday because that didn't sound like a group that feels like there's some sort of communication out there that's going to be used against them in the future, the way they responded to those allegations. One thing I will say about the Belichick element, Joe Judge got a resounding uh, endorsement from Bill Belichick that certainly did carry a lot of weight with the New York Giants. Brian Dayball, I'm sure, got a good endorsement from, from Bill Belichick. Now, they had already hired a general manager, Shane, from Buffalo, whose endorsement means more than Bill Belichick's. But Bill Belichick's endorsement to the New York Giants has certainly carried weight in recent years. <laughs> Their last head coaching hire, uh, Joe Judge isn't getting that job without a, a resounding endorsement from Bill Belichick, I don't think. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so either. It's pretty clear that the Giants, who started interviewing candidates along with general manager candidates, they went through the Zoom process with coaches. And then once they hired uh, Shane, Joe Shane, they turned around and allowed him to have the second wave of interviews and brought them to the facility. Flores was among them, along with Brian Dayball, along with Leslie Frazier and others, uh, guys who were called back for their second interview. And that's, that's how a couple of teams went through this process. Uh, the Vikings come to mind on that. Um, the Raiders were uh, a bit uh, on the other end of it. They interviewed tandems. You know, it was... Uh, general manager candidate that would bring this coach and another general manager candidate who would be tied to this coach. It seemed like they were going with the two-for-one hire a bit. We'll see how that works out. It doesn't always work out great. But from the, from the Giants' perspective, it's pretty clear. They did their first wave of interviews, mentioned who they liked, hired their GM, and then brought second interviews back. And Flores is one of them. If it is McDaniel in Miami... That's going to be a fun one to follow, how that yep. works out, because he's got some – and you were playing some uh, press conference footage of his, and I went back later that night, watched more of them. He's got some Mike Leach to him a little almost bit. In, the, in the press conference setting, a which is entertaining. Bit. Yeah, I, I, uh, he's, he's a comedian, that is for sure. Um, and you know, he's also the architect of their run game for the 49ers. Coming up, we discuss Super Bowl 56. We've got – the mom of Zach Taylor, Julie Taylor on to discuss their family background and the fact that at this age, uh, this, at this spot in his career, he's coaching the Cincinnati Bengals of all franchises in Super Bowl 56. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. 
So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up, we've got four big questions leading into Super Bowl week. Outkick 360 rolls on with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We're live at 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Mentioned earlier in the week, guys, no matter where your, your fandom lies across the NFL, whoever you're rooting for, it's tough not to pull for the Cincinnati Bengals. We still all agree with that, right? We were saying that even whenever the Bengals came through Nashville. Absolutely. I was saying that in the preseason, that I wanted to root for the Bengals because of everything. It's due to the youth on their roster and the youth of their head coach, quite frankly, with Zach Taylor, who's been a friend of the show in the past, and reaching out to another great friend of the show, Dave McGinnis. He said, Hut, look, you've got to get Jules on the show. Jules is Julie Taylor, the mom of Zach Taylor, and she joins us now on Outkick 360. Julie, thank you so much, and what I'm sure is a, a very busy media schedule for you, uh, we hope everything's well in Oklahoma. It's wonderful, snowy and cozy. When do you head to LA? Next Friday. Okay. A week from Friday. So some time to build up and get ready for the game. What is it like watching this from from afar, this entire playoff run where the Bengals not only win the division, they win the conference? It's been kind of surreal, honestly. We've been able to be at all the games, all the playoff games, which has been fabulously fun. We were right in Nashville a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's just, it's just been so great. I, I really can't describe it. It's, it's beyond anything that we ever expected, ever. Or I did. Zach expected it totally. <laughs> First so. off, let me say you have a lovely home. Uh, we can see your yeah. background there. It's, uh, it's terrific <laughs> and uh, very clean. Look, looks amazing. Um, is this the, the cul-de-sac crew house that we're looking at right now with, with Zach and his group that he grew up with? Um, yes, re- reading stories, well, reading stories about you know, your family and you guys, it, it's really an idyllic setting uh, to grow up and, and play sports. Uh, I, I'm jealous as I read it, <laughs> think about all the kids you had in the neighborhood that would come to your house uh, and, and play sports. I'm sure that was fun for you as well. Oh, it was so much fun. And they didn't just come to my house. It's, we all shared all the, all the moms, you know, today's your day. I I've had them the last two days and sometimes we wouldn't even let them in the house. They had to drink out of the hose like the <laughs> old days. Yep. Um, but yes, it was crawling with kids and mostly boys weirdly. Yeah. So I know Kelvin Sampson's son, Kellen was among them. Who else, who else in Norman would be hanging out there? Gosh, I'm just looking out my back window. Um, the Gibbs, uh, Jeannie is one of my very best friends. Gary was coached at OU, and he's been all over the NFL. They live right back there. Their daughter's in that crew. Um, let's see, who else? The Billy Tubbs, the basketball coach, yeah. lived in our neighborhood. Zach was a ball boy for him way back when. Um, there were just a mass of kids, and Zach Selman, who is now the assistant AD at a OU, I think that's his title. Um, he was always over. They just all kind of gravitated over to the trails to Cynthia Circle. And uh, we have this big field that we call Liddell Field. 
and there were massive football games, everything, tag all over the street. It was, it was, it was idyllic. And the funny thing is, so many of those kids, the older group ahead of Zach, they've come back and bought houses here in this neighborhood and they're raising their kids here. So it's really fun. And reading a little bit about your family dynamic, uh, sounded like Zach was the, the textbook guy, do it as it's drawn up. Um, yeah. His brother Press was more a uh, make it up as it goes, but come back and say, see, it worked my way. I figured it out and, and made it work. It's kind of a, a striking contrast in the way they operated. What was it about Zach that made him a guy who was kind of the rule follower? Could that be firstborn, you know, or maybe? I don't know that much about it, but it, it seems to fit that trend of firstborn just kind of as a rule follower, a leader. Um, and I don't know. That's just always been his personality. It, it just has. And I think all my kids are, all of them are kind of rule followers because we were pretty strict disciplinarians, but, um, you know, they all have their own little quirks. And Does it drive so. him crazy to see people not, do it uh, as it's supposed to be done, or is he you know pretty what? loose with that? Nothing really seems to bother Zach. He's, he's, if you knew my husband, Sherwood, they are exactly out of the same mold. They're like this all the time. And in fact, at the game the other day in Kansas City, I was sitting with uh, Sherwood and Sarah and everyone, and Sarah's mother was sitting next to me, and she could not watch one of the field goals. And she was looking at Sherwood. She sat down and was looking at Sherwood. And she said, I couldn't tell if we made it or missed it. Because I said, exactly. There's just no reaction. <laughs> uh, speaking of your husband, he was with Coach Mack at K-State. And, uh, and Dave McGinnis claims that he was the babysitter for Zach Taylor. Is that, in fact, true? That is, in fact, true. And Russ Reeder. There was another guy, both coaches, both single we said, guys, I'm having this baby right now. It was Catherine. And we took off and left them with poor Zach. I, 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 to this day, I don't know. I don't want to know what happened. I, but he lived to tell the tale. So, yes, I have many Dave McGinnis stories, many. So. And, and your daughter, Catherine, who you just mentioned, has Down syndrome, a great yes. Special Olympian a swimmer. And uh, <laughs> you know, reading about your, your family, it really seems – kind of shapes the family in many ways, even with Zach and his brother, how they view people and their integrity, how they treat her was interesting to me. How has that worked yeah. in your family with her and that dynamic? You know, um, we were shocked because I was young. There was no reason to think that there would be anything wrong with this pregnancy. And so we were stunned when we had her and we were, Right after we had Catherine, we moved to K-State. Sherwood coached at K-State. And, or no, I guess I had her at K-State. That's right. And I got a phone call about two weeks after she was born. And it was this man with a very Southern accent. I thought it was someone playing a joke on us. And he said, is this Julie Taylor? Yes. He said, Julie, this is Gene Stallings. I'm with the da I think he was with Dallas at the time. I'm with the Dallas Cowboys. And he talked about his son that had Downs, John Mark. And he said, you just treat her the way you treat any of those kids. Everyone will take their cue from you. And remember, she has a one-way ticket to heaven. 
And I've never forgotten that. We kind of lived by that. We just treated her as we did all of our kids and everybody did kind of take their cue. But I do think that my boys and Quincy, my youngest daughter, they are kind of more empathetic people, more kind hearted that it, it might not seem like that, but they, but they are, they definitely see needs that are kind of unseen. Julie Taylor is the mother of Zach Taylor, who's coaching in the Super Bowl a week from Sunday. She joins us on Outkick 360. Do, do you enjoy watching him coach more or did you enjoy watching him play quarterback more? Well, I know that he's not going to get hurt. <laughs> Hopefully he's standing on the sidelines. He took some beatings when he played, so that was hard to watch. But I don't know. It's kind of apples and oranges, honestly. Um, we loved when he played. It was so much fun and so exciting. But but now is a whole different chapter. Uh, you know, he was younger, <clears throat> obviously, when he played. So he was more, you know, he, he lived here some. And now he's obviously got his own family, wife, kids, and everything. So it's a little different dynamic. But I love to see him succeed in, in anything. So it's all fabulous. You are such an OU Oklahoma family. Uh, what was the time like when you, your son was quarterbacking the Nebraska Cornhuskers uh, of, of all teams? I mean, I feel like you guys are so ingrained in that community, it didn't matter. But maybe people did uh, have a problem with it uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. What was that time like for you? I don't think so. Pete, Norman is the greatest. It's, it's the greatest town in the world. I've loved living here and raising my family here. And everybody has been so supportive. And when Zach went to Nebraska, everybody rallied around. I mean, I know that when we played OU, people were for OU. That's fine. But I think they also pulled for Zach to do well. And, um, you know, it, it, it just, it, as much as we love OU, that was not the place for him. They, they, didn't, they didn't really have an opening right then. They never seriously looked at him. Nebraska was perfect. Before uh, he got in the NFL coaching ranks, did you guys as a family have an NFL coaching, uh, an NFL allegiance? Only where Dave McGinnis was. (laughs) 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 Honestly, and Gary Gibbs, our neighbor, weirdly being our neighbor, wherever they were, that's, that's who we cheered for. We, we were not ever, we'd never even pulled for the Cowboys and everybody here pretty much, this is pretty much Cowboy area you know so close to Dallas but um no we were not we never watched NFL ever and now I rarely watch college sad to say Julie the last time we had Zach on the show it was pre-Joe Burrow we were at the combine but it wasn't the Joe Burrow draft since he didn't have that pick um what has what has been the the relationship like between Zach and Joe and and, and the fact that Burrow is just calm, cool, and collected, he's, you know, he's not rattled, he's going to Arrowhead and winning on the road in the AFC Championship game. How would you describe the relationship between head coach and the former Heisman Trophy winner? Well, honestly, you guys, you'd have to ask Zach that. I, you know, I'm not privy to that, but I do know, just from what I see, Joe seems very much like Zach. Maybe... I hate to say this, maybe a, maybe a better, just a <laughs> better quarterback or athlete. Um, but, you know, I think they were probably raised similarly, both coaches' sons. Um, 
you know what what I think Joe is what you'd call an outlier where you have to put in that many hours you know that book about you put in a thousand hours before you perfect something or something like that and yes. Joe's just all football all the time and that's kind of like when when my kid when my boys watched football with Zach um I mean I'm sorry with Sherwood it was it's a different it's a different watching a game than watching it with another guy, another dad, because the, it was like Greek to me. I didn't underst- understand anything that they were talking. They're talking about coverages and, you know, it's just a different thing. And that's how my boys grew up. And I, I'm guessing that's how Joe grew up because I know his daddy was a coach. So, you know, just a lot of similarities. And Joe doesn't seem to let anything bother him. Nothing. He's pretty calm, cool. And that's how Zach is. Exactly. Yeah, and your so your husband Sherwood, uh, to let everyone know, was a college star, safety captain for Oklahoma in the late seventies. Was a football coach also. Um, oh. When you guys get together, I, I'm curious: is there a departure from football at any point when Zach gets around the family, or is it just right back into football talk uh, with his oh, no. dad? Uh, I mean, they they do talk a lot of football. The guys do, but. No, no, we're, you know, you've got kids running around. I mean, we have seven grandchildren right now. They're all, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. And we play a lot of games. We play a lot of board games and card games and stuff like that. So no, I mean, when the guys are talking, yes. And the girls will kind of chime in some, but no, 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 that's, that's our, that's our vacation time, our break time. So we, we try, I, I try not to talk to Zach about football. How well do you know Sean McVay, Julie? Um, just just from Zach's time out there. I, I just know that Zach really, really liked Sean. And um, gosh, he was a very high-energy guy. <laughs> well, he says, he says it was the best two years of his coaching experience was being with McVay there. So, I mean, and, and the connection with McVay helped him get the job in Cincy. Undoubtedly, yes, for sure. And... And Sean is just, he really is kind of all football all the time. At least he was at that, at that point. It, that's been three years ago. But um, same thing. I coaches child, you yes, know, yes. kind of grew up in that same thing. So I think, you know, you, you guys know, you've talked to enough coaches that I think sometimes people think it's glamorous. And it, and it is. It definitely has its perks. But gosh, those guys work like dogs. I mean, they are up there. I'm sure Zach was at work. I'm, I'm just guessing. I bet he was at work by six at the very latest on Monday. And I'm sure he stayed till late, late, late. That's just how, how it is during the season. Well, and you know, you know, it firsthand, uh, being in a football family, uh, wife of a coach. Um, so knowing that lifestyle, were you thrilled when Zach came home and said, Hey, I'm going to ask Mike Sherman's daughter to marry me because <laughs> I'm sure she understands that lifestyle as well and knew what she was getting into. You know, the funny thing is, I think Sarah, at that time when they got engaged, Zach was, he had been picked up by uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I can't even remember. Somebody, whoever. Uh, as a player, you're John saying. Gruden, John Gruden picked him oh, up. in yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Agent. Was it Tampa Bay? I should know that. Yeah, what Tampa. Anyway. Yeah, Tampa. And so I think she thought he was going to play, which is a totally different thing. <laughs> and because um, I, Tom, I said, Sarah, 
having grown up like this, why, why would you choose this life? And she said, I thought he was going to be a famous quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So jokes on her. (laughs) I know, I know you're proud mom, no matter what. I imagine uh, his first couple of years in Cincinnati, uh, heck after his second year in Cincinnati, there's talk of whether he'd get a, a third year. But what's it like now to see a city uh, embrace him, as I'm sure he's uh, one of the two most popular guys in Cincinnati, along with Joe Burrow? <laughs> you guys, you, you cannot imagine. I'm, I can only imagine what it's like in Cincinnati. And I'm just so happy for all those fans who hung in there. And, as, and most especially, well, Zach and Sarah, of course, because you know, they're going to be there a bit. So, and they love it so much. And he's worked so hard and Zach never doubted, but the Brown family, they, you know, I, you have to, I, I love them because they stuck with him. They are loyal. They are, they're just, they they have so much integrity, that family, every one of them from the, from Mr. Brown down to the granddaughters. I mean, they're, they're just wonderful people. And I couldn't be happier for him. I'm, I'm happy for the whole, the whole place. So Zach was kind enough to give me his phone number when we, uh, when we talked to him at the Combine a couple of years ago. And like an idiot, I lost it. So now that we have yours, I'll be, uh, I'll be texting you on a regular basis. <laughs> I could give you his number, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy with the AOL address, so we're AOL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, shared, I shared that with him, Julie. Hey, yes, thank you. Um, what we'll never be in the situation. What is the Super Bowl ticket process like for family members? How difficult is it? How crazy is it with the request? I'm sure you're getting. It is crazy. It 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 truly is crazy. The great thing is, I haven't had to do one thing. Oh. I just I just in there when they tell me to be there, and somebody else has handled it, and um, I don't think it was Zach, but I'm not sure. You know, there's there's people that do that and. And so I've just tried not to ask him anything about anything. I'm just, somebody just called me and said, here's your hotel. Here's your flight. Here's your, your tickets will be here. So I haven't had to worry about it. Get a great view, great view of the halftime show as well. So uh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> hey, Julie Taylor has been our guest. Uh, Julie, thank you so much. We, we appreciate sure. this. This has been cool. It's been a nice kickoff for us as we head to LA on Monday for the show. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll see you out there Friday evening. Maybe so. Where is Media Row? Because I know they usually have it. Yeah, Where is it? It's at the convention center um, right next to LA Live. So it's, it's in, not... In the arena, which I think now is yeah. Crypto.com Arena, but formerly the Staples okay. Center. Okay. okay. That's where we'll be. Have yeah. fun. Thank Good you. luck. Thank you so much. You were great. Right. Thank you. Julie Taylor has been our guest. Her, her son, Zach, coaching in the Super Bowl. Of course, her other son, Press, is with the Indianapolis Colts as an offensive assistant. Which is, I mean, he was formerly with uh, Philly, I believe. Heartwarming. It's, a great, it's cool. Great family. It's cool. Yeah. And um, Paul, I'll get you that number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming up, um, a mess at Auburn, and it's it's a mess. It, it, but at the same time, it's really difficult to get the details of what's going on with Brian Harson and the athletic department. Details from what we can sift through next on Outkick Three Hundred and Sixty.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big thanks to Julie Taylor for coming on the show. A little bit later, Mike Waffle, former Rams defensive line coach who was a big part of drafting Aaron Donald. We'll dive into the best defensive player in football and, and much more with Waff. That's coming up uh, in hour number three. Bobby Carpenter in about 40 minutes from now here on Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody. What is going on at Auburn? We, we had this discussion yesterday with... Uh, Austin Davis, who was there for about two weeks, formerly uh, uh, former quarterback, speaking of the Rams, former quarterback of the Rams as a backup and then played um, because of some injuries to Sam Bradford, for instance. Now, then he was an offensive coach in Seattle with the Seahawks and then hired to be the offensive coordinator, replacing Bobo, Mike Bobo, uh, at Auburn. And then two weeks later, he's out, not deemed a great fit for that program. And you start looking around because Derek Mason, the defensive coordinator, opted out. He went to Oklahoma State, and Chad put it right yesterday, a lateral move at best. But it takes over a very good opportunity in a defensive, uh, you know, a nice defensive locker room for the Cowboys there. But still, leaving Auburn for the Big 12. And Chad, and now there are rumors of all, all kinds of stuff with Harson to where it seems as though the athletic department don't see eye to eye with him anymore. And rumors are swirling. He's not going to make it through the offseason. And here we sit in February, and right after signing day, he could be out as well. So the Austin Davis situation, according to Greg McElroy, wasn't that he was a bad fit. It's that he was unfit for the position. Unfit, yes. And uh, this is bringing up a lot of rumors about what that means. He released a statement about needing to spend more time with family is why he left Auburn. Right. Um, so that's an odd situation. You're right about a bunch of rumors with Brian Harson. You've got a player who was there, a four-star defensive lineman, who was there for a year, didn't play, transferred, and is saying that uh, Brian Harson has the right mindset for a coach, but not the right mindset to be a good person mm-hmm. about Harson. Now you've got other players coming to his defense saying he's fine, he's a football coach, he's demanding, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, so like any situation like this, you've really got the two camps forming, you know, those that are out on Harson that don't like him, And then the defenders of him that are forming also at Auburn, but this normally happens in November. This, yeah. this is a move that would set the program back two or three years. Yes. If they had to fire Brian Harson after one year with all of this swirling well, and, around and now, but Brian you got to rip off is, the bandaid. If it's coming, you got to do it. Sooner I mean, consider we're late. consider when Kiffin left the Vols. We're a month past that with Auburn. So Harson is out of the country on vacation. Chris Lowe from ESPN caught up with him and got some quotes from him uh, where he's, you know, I didn't come down here to fail. I'm in this thing to win. Uh, these things being said about me are crazy and untrue. You know, I, I want to be in this job. I, I want, but meanwhile, he's out of the country and Auburn's president is coming out and saying, 
yeah, we're trying to separate fact from fiction right now and see how we proceed with our football program. That's not good. Your coach is out of the country on vacation, so back home on the plains, you've got everyone rallying to find out, okay, what's real with these rumors? What's not? How should we proceed? Do we make a move now? Do we fire for cause? Which there's reports out that they're trying to find evidence to fire for cause, to not owe him a thing. This is a bad situation uh, with Auburn football. Auburn football is getting into Tennessee football territory in terms of wackiness. And then I, I, I had to laugh with a lot of the rumors swirling around Brian Harson. There's already hot boards up of the next Auburn head coach. <laughs> and top of the list is Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's clearly about winning and, you and not necessarily about morals okay. when it comes to hiring a exactly. coach. Imagine if Harson's out because they're looking for a way based on what right now what's rumor. Um, and they replace him with Joey Freshwater. I mean, that, that, that or is, Hugh Freeze, or, or Hugh Freeze, yeah. But Joey Freshwater, I mean, that that comes with a name tag. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just I just got done this week watching the the eyes of Tammy Faye about Tammy Faye Baker I, uh, and Jim Baker Jennifer, uh, with Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain gets it done again. She's great. I think she got nominated for an Oscar for it. But I'm watching that. And I'm thinking, yeah, this this seems like Jerry Falwell, who founded Liberty University. I'm like, kind of seems like Hugh Freeze in the movie. And now Auburn would go from Brian Harson. Uh, to Hugh Freeze, I mean, look, that's, that's a ways down the road, but still. <laughs> I mean, Auburn basketball is number one in the country for the first time ever, and they clearly have the best team in America. Bruce Pearl is no stranger to scandal in his past. Right. But right now, that program is the one thing that you can really attach yourself to at Auburn. massive money. While the football program is on fire with guys leaving, with coaches wanting to get out, with coaches being... A claim to be unfit for their position. You have a, a, it's a, a, second, Two weeks a third generation in. legacy quarterback who just transferred out. Yes. In Bo Nix. Yep. That's it, saying something. It is not a good situation at all right now. I mean, however you want to slice it, the fact the president and the administration is saying, we're separating fact from fiction to see how we proceed with the head football coach. That's not good in early February. Right after signing day, going into, by the way, year two as the head coach at Auburn. Are you guys not surprised how little's come out, though? Well, no. Because I, I know how rumors work. It's, it's, it's going to happen soon if, they, if someone knows it. It's coming. Coming up, four big questions to get you ready for Super Bowl 56 and the week of the game from Los Angeles. We discuss the Bengals and the Rams long-term next on OutKick 360.